This is Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode. Giving it that second chance might just sway your mind. Here, we take that chance for you and let you know our opinions on if it deserves more than just one shot. I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Listeners, beware. You're in for a scare. Because this week, your in-flight... In-fright entertainment will be... Episode one, the haunted mask. Part. Dude, that's my bit. I do I, it. Yeah, you, you took it into mine, so come on now, deal with it. Okay, so you your pun. Episode one of Goosebumps aired October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five. And uh, if you're trying to watch this, where we watched it, which is on Netflix, it's not exactly in order. No, if you if you want to watch this in the order it came out, you'll need to go to Wikipedia and find that episode guide. Yeah. I mean, it's probably also on IMDb. I think IMDb has episode guides. Probably, yes. Now, also something special about this show, if it had come out two years later, it would have come out on your birthday, October 27th. Happy early birthday, Justice. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. It's quite a bit early in this case. Anyways, before we actually get into the show, I'm sure most people know what Goosebumps is. Yeah, I mean, it's had two movies come out recently, and back in 2010, there was a R.L. Science Haunting Hour, which I would assume saw a surge in people... Jack Black was in that, Go- that Goosebumps movie, right? He was in both of them, correct. I love Jack Black, but that first movie was Garbo. I didn't watch it. Mm, it was pretty garbage. Yeah, I I didn't think it looked good. But for anybody who is not aware, before Goosebumps were a movie, and before it was a TV show, there were a lot of books. were a lot of books. By a man named R.L. Stein. Robert, I don't remember his middle name, oh, Stein. I, I, I'm gonna go Lewis. It's like Leonard, I think. I don't know. But... Arl Stein is a massively prolific writer. He's written over 400 novels. Yes. And a lot of them are sh- these shorter books, like these Goosebumps books. They're probably just shy of 150 pages or so. Yeah, targeted towards children. Or, yeah, children, teenagers. And there, he writes a lot of horror. Yeah. Horror in quotations. Arguably, it's kind of campy horror, but it's still enjoyable. I read through a lot of those books. I actually... Okay, it's been, I was going to say just recently, but it's been months now. Listen to a story he did on Audible where he was the narrator. Ooh, nice. Um, called Camp Red Moon. Very nice. It was an Audible original. It was actually really good. Um, I mean, given that it was aimed for children and, and teenagers. Yeah. Um, I was just feeling nostalgic, and I was like, this is free. <laughs> Always a nice thing. Free is good. Onto the TV show itself. The TV show is actually based off those those books. Yes. You have one or two episodes, depending on the book. Mm-hmm. And it's just that book as, an, as a show. Yeah, which is pretty cool. It's, it's a pretty cool adaptation because R.L. Stein was kind of directly involved with most of these episodes. So, yeah. like, they're pretty accurate to the books. Honestly, it always struck me as a children's version of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Instead of the Crypt Keeper, though, we had R.L. Stein introducing us to our content. Honestly, though, when I was a very small child, like four or five years old, this show like legitimately gave me nightmares. And not only did it just gave me nightmares, but made it hard for me to sleep at night. And I was talking about this with you earlier. I don't think it was the show specifically, but that intro music. That intro music is amazing. It's so good, but like... It is like written to be scary. Like it's it, it's tension building and like it is. It's it's wonderfully done and I love it. I always have. It's I never amazing. really got nightmares from the music or from the show. 
for me, it was always more interactive things like video games and such that mm-hmm. got to me. But I still enjoyed the show. I watched it all the time. Yeah, so that actually brings us to the opening, which is that classic Goosebumps music. I'm not going to put it in the podcast because if we ever monetize anything... That would be an issue. But I will link to the Goosebumps theme in the show notes if anybody wants to, wants to listen to it, either for nostalgia's sake or because... You haven't heard it. You've honestly... Yeah, you honestly haven't heard it. That said, the opening starts with a man holding a briefcase. The that brief- says R.L. Stein on it. And the latch breaks and the pages blow all across the town. Yes. And then the word Goosebumps come onto the screen. And we follow the G across multiple different scenes where we see several things all... It's so campy and so cheesy. It's, it is, and I love it. Like, I love every moment of it. The G slides past this dog just laying on the porch, and like after the G is off the screen, this dog's eyes just like glow yellow for no reason. A really, really obvious yellow, because the show's from the mid-90s. It does, it's not going to have the best effects. It also definitely wasn't the, the highest budget show out there. Like, yeah. But after we get through this admittedly cheesy and campy intro, we actually have R.L. Stein open the show. Yeah. Uh, I would like to say something real quick before we actually get into the meat of the show. Mm-hmm. So normally when we review a show, it's a show we haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. This one we both have seen, and... I've not seen these episodes, though. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen The Haunted Mask. If I did, it was a really, really long time ago, and I don't remember it. I just thought I'd throw that out there for posterity's sake. Yes, we have seen the show before. I can honestly say I don't actually remember any specific I don't remember I've seen. any specific show. I, if I remember something about the show, it's not from the show, it's from the books. Yeah, and, like, it's... The thing I remember most from the show is that... That opening theme. I even forgot... That R.L. Stein introduced the show, right? Yeah, like, I forgot that that's how it opened, like... Yeah, and it's great. It is. It really is. And he seems very genuine here. I mean, I think he is, in general, just a genuine guy. Like, you don't write 400 books and, like, not enjoy what you do. Yeah, very much so. Anyways, yeah, the first episode... Opens with Arl Stein, and he basically summarizes the plot of the show. Yeah, he gives a synopsis overall. The story is about a young girl who comes across a haunted mask, and she can only overcome the power of the mask with the power of love and friendship. Yes. Uh, I don't remember, because it's been so long, if it's different for every episode, but when he does open this one, we start with the camera going across several, actually dozens of horror masks. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if they dress that set differently. For each intro, I think they do. I think they use setting pieces from that episode. That'd be cool, but I, I don't know. I don't remember if they do or not. It's been yeah. Cool. And he ends the intro with the now famous viewers beware. You're, You're in, for in for a scare. Which we kind of co-opted for the start of the, the episode. In, in case you didn't notice. Yeah. In which case, I assume you skip past our intros, which honestly works most of the time, but occasionally we change it up, guys. Yeah, I think our, this episode and the last episode had different intros now. Yeah, I think so. And maybe the one before that? You never know what we're going to do. We're experimenting. It's like, it's like we're only like 11 episodes into the show. Oh, shit. Really? Only 11? I mean, not counting the interstitials in between. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yep, so the show proper opens on a couple teenage girls walking down the street at night, which, to be honest, that was so weird to me because it's such a poorly lit street. Yeah. And they're just hanging out, walking down the street. I guess the argument is it's the 90s, it was a different time, but it wasn't that fucking different. I mean, it was 25 years ago, it was actually very different. Okay, when I meant it wasn't that different, I mean, it wasn't that different from when I was a kid. Like, no one would have let me fucking go outside at night like that by myself. Not without at least a teenager with me. 
Yeah, I mean, these are both, like, 13, 14-year-old girls, but... Yeah, I still don't think anyone would have let me out. It struck me as weird, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. But they come across a novelty shop that's new in town. Literally, the store is just vaguely named Novelty Shop. It's amazing. But... And, and it's clearly just, like, a mask shop. Yeah, they comment that it's just in time for Halloween, so that's that's the time for the episode. We also get the main character's name here. Her name is Carly Beth. Yes. And they refer to her as Carly Beth throughout the entire episode. They never drop the second name. It's always Carly Beth. Which, you know, I can actually appreciate. If you're going to go for it, go for it. That's fair, yeah. Um, Apparently they're out so late, though, because they're looking for a pumpkin because Carly Beth needs one. Yes. And her friend is complaining that she hasn't already grabbed one because it's so close to Halloween already. Yeah, and honestly, her friend's right. Have you ever tried to get it like a good pumpkin, like the week before Halloween? Yeah, it's kind of impossible. So as they're walking off, we see a creepy man staring at them from inside the window of the novelty shop. And mm, no, that's after the pumpkin patch. No, you know you're right. No, it's before the pumpkin patch. You're right. It's actually before and after. Yes. Yep. It is. I bad. So they walk off. We see a creepy man. He has like some weird stuff going on in his face. Not a lot. Just a bit above. Like, the right side of his mouth, I think, or the left? Yeah, something. it looks kind of like some act, like acne scars. I thought it looked kind of like a really weird burn. Yeah, that too. I can see that. Yeah. So, they're out of this pumpkin patch, and Carly hears some someone breathing and maybe some footsteps, and... She gets creeped out. So, she's busy looking around, and her friend Sabrina decides it's the perfect time to scare her. This is also when we get Carly's friend's name, Sabrina. Sabrina. Like you said... Sabrina decides this is the perfect time to scare Carly, and she just jump scares her. And Carly just jumps and screams and complains. Yep. So after that, though, Carly reaches down to pick up a pumpkin. Because she's finally found that perfect one. Because for some reason, all these pumpkins are bad. It's almost like you waited really late in the season to go grab a pumpkin. I think it's like two nights before Halloween. Yeah, that sounds right. Like, that's that's the kind of timeline I got here. Assuming they are trick-or-treating when they trick-or-treat exactly on Halloween. Yeah, which was kind of more of a thing. Yeah. And, no, it was definitely more of a thing. It was like, oh, who gives a shit? It's a school night. We're going trick-or-treating. Anyways, now it's like, this neighborhood has scheduled trick-or-treating on the 20th. This one has scheduled trick-or-treating on the 23rd between the hours of 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Okay, I'm going to go off on a I'm so old rant here. <laughs> I'm not that old, guys, I promise. But nowadays, trick-or-treating isn't trick-or-treating, right? Like They, they try to organize these community like trunk-or-treat things where like all these cars are in a parking lot and like... It's not the same in the slightest. Like, trick-or-treating... Okay, a lot of it seems to come from the whole media scare of, like, razors and candies and stuff. Fun fact, the razors and candy thing. Myth. I think it's more likely that it's just from parents being lazy and not wanting to walk around, like, neighborhoods with their kids. I mean, I guess, but... Because... The way the community claims the organization is for, it's for safety. Yeah, but, like... How unsafe is it for a parent as long as they are with their child when they when they go yeah, through the doors? Yeah, but if you're with your kid, who's at your order giving children to other giving candy to other people? I almost said giving children to other people. Uh, that would be an entirely different problem. Yeah. Anyways, this has just been an I'm so old rant where I think trick or treatings have been ruined, and I miss when I used to go trick or treating. Yeah. So back to the episode. Yeah, back to the episode, which is actually perfect because she reached out for a pumpkin and it cut to like go to a commercial. And then immediately cut back and you can tell that they had apparently shot that differently because when it came back, it was not on the same. It looked like they tried to set the camera back up in the exact same spot, 
but everything seemed to like shift down and slightly to the right. But yeah, we see a hand shoot out of the pumpkin patch, and then two guys stand up out of the pumpkin patch with these pumpkin heads on. Jack o' lanterns. Jack o' lantern heads on, yeah. And they're laughing because they fucking scared our main character. And like they grab her and continue to scare her, and turns out it's two dudes named Chuck and Steve, and the. They're apparently dicks. Uh, apparently they are creeps, as Sabrina repeatedly calls them. And you know, they constantly do this to Carly. At this, at, at, this, at this here, I was like, oh, that's actually a pretty good prank. Yeah. Actually, hella good prank. Like, they disguised themselves enough that people walking by didn't see them laying on the ground. Yeah. Pretty and then there later, prank. Air quotes around the word prank there, people, because I know you can't see me. It's not good. Yeah, it's no, bad. It's yeah, extremely like, immature. And they they go from like a legit good Halloween prank to just kind of being dicks, just being legitimately bullies. Yeah. Anyways, um, apparently they always harass just Carly. We find that out here. Like, yep. So, and I kind of thought Carly Beth was being hyperbo- hype hyperbolic. So I initially just thought Carly Beth was being hyperbolic. We later learned that that's that's not the case at all. But after this incident. She runs out of the pumpkin patch, forgetting to even grab a pumpkin. Well, b- before she runs out, we have, like, a good minute, minute and a half, maybe two, of her complaining and being upset, and Sabrina trying to talk her down. She's questioning why they always do it to her, and her friend's just like, you're so easy to scare, and, and that's why. That's, like, we that's canonized within the show within the first ten minutes. Yeah. So before she runs off, she says, maybe they'll learn what it's like, something along those lines. And then she runs off without mm-hmm. grabbing a pumpkin. Without grabbing a pumpkin, yep. And we see our creepy shopkeeper owner guy. Still staring at them. Just staring at them. Which makes me question, because we got to him staring, like, the moment she runs off the pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. But when they got to the pumpkin patch, we'd seen them walking and talking for, like, a good minute, and there was no pumpkin patch directly near any nope, of that shop. the pumpkin patch is directly across from the shop. Is it? Mm-hmm. So is the graveyard. What? This town doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> I guess. I like how shocked you are by the fact that a town... I, did, I didn't notice that, okay? In the in a 90s show that is essentially one-shot episodes doesn't make sense. You think they plotted this out for like an 11-season arc? Like, this is where the graveyard no, 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 no. is? I this just, is... You don't have to worry so much about continuity in a short... Because it should just be easy. You're not going back to things a lot. You shouldn't have to worry about... Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Because you should just be able to go, obviously they go here, and then they go pack past that place. Not, well, what if the pumpkin patch and the cemetery were the same place? I mean, they're right next to each other, from what I can tell. I don't know, man. Anyways, creepy guy stares at her. Carly, Beth gets home, and her mom seems a little overprotective in general. Yeah, that's true. But also, her mom seems a little weird, because she made this sculpture out of plaster Paris, which... We had a bit of a talk about. It's like a full-on bust, which doesn't feel like something you would make out of plaster of Paris entirely to me. It's not just a bust, though. It's a bust of her daughter's head. And it's painted. And it's painted, yeah. It's a little... Creepy? A little weird. Yeah, a little creepy. And she, like, sets it up, and I I think it was in their fucking living room. Yeah, like, on the mantle. On the mantle in their living room. And Carly comments about how it's weird, but... She also, like is clearly so freaked out because she claims the mask smiled at her. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. After her mom leaves the room and she gets, she gets ready to turn around to go upstairs, that thing literally smiles. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
But her mom also was like, hey, I made that duck costume you wanted for Halloween. And Carly's just confused. She's like, what duck costume? Well, you know, we were at the mall and you saw a duck. I was like, that might be fun to go as for Halloween. It's one of those things where you make a passive comment to a parent. And a they're pa- just like... Passing comment? Uh, yeah. Sorry. A passing comment to a parent. And they're just like, oh, they must really want that. And then you get fucking stuck with shit you've never wanted in life. So her mom made her this duck costume. And she tells her to go upstairs and try it on because she left it on her bed. And it'll be cute. And Carly's like, I don't want to be cute for Halloween. I want to be scary. Which, TBF, same. Also, I mean, the duck costume wasn't that cute. It was better than I thought it would be. Anyways, um, Carly Beth gets upstairs <laughs> to her room, and she hears something in her room going, <laughs> And so she cautiously opens the door, and her brother jumps out of her room wearing the duck costume, Getting fake feathers everywhere, or real feathers. I don't know what her mom made this out of. Yeah. And she falls on the ground, just screaming in terror. And her brother utters his catchphrase, Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, he does. It's his catchphrase. He's across the, like, four sets of lines he has, he says it three times. True, very true. Which is actually nine times he says it three Three times each time he says it, yes. Yeah. Um, so after he scares her and calls her a scaredy cat, um, we cut to the next day and Carly and Sabrina are eating lunch outside on a bench and we see a lot of other kids dressed up in costumes so we can assume this is probably Halloween day. Yeah. And I think it's school related because I would assume cause it's a bunch of kids. I assume they might even be in school. Yeah. They might like literally be at school right now. Just, you know, some schools that you wear your costume to school. Yeah. And Chuck and Steve come over. Um, and they initially well, jumped... Steve was actually already there. He was already sitting at the table, which I found confusing for how much Carly Beth seems to despise these two. Yeah, um, so then, I guess Chuck comes over? Yeah, Chuck comes over. And initially jump scares... Carly Beth. And then they're like, we just wanted to apologize about last night, we were being dicks, da 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 not gonna bother you anymore, we're really, really sorry about it. And they're using this entire conversation to sneak worms onto her sandwich. No, no, not worms, they're not that much of dicks. A singular worm. Are we sure it's a singular worm? I yeah, know it's yeah, a singular yeah. worm where she opens the sandwich up, but... It's also a singular worm they put it on. Okay, cool. So, to sneak a worm onto her sandwich, which is literally just bullying at this point, like... Yeah. Like, why? What the fuck? Also, this wouldn't scare me, I would just, like, be pissed and throw up. I don't think I'd throw up. Um, I mean, it's a worm. So like, if, I would just be pissed. Though. So if I like knew I was going to eat a worm, I'm not going to throw up. If I suddenly bit into my sandwich and there's a slimy thing on it for no reason. Well, okay. So she does bite into her sandwich and she chews and she goes to take a second bite. So either the first bite had no worm in it or she just didn't notice. It's, it's the second one. Like the worm is just like on the edge of the sandwich. Like when we see the worm, when she pulls the bread off, we can see that it's still whole. So it's like when she took that next bite, she okay. she didn't eat the worm, but she saw the worm. Okay, okay. Yeah. but And in that case, I wouldn't even throw up. I'd just be like... Angry someone ruined my fucking sandwich? I, I'd like put my sandwich on and be like, BRB, I'm going to go find a teacher. You guys are dicks. Yeah. <laughs> so what I found amusing, though, was when she sets the sandwich down and opens it up, mm-hmm. it's just a worm on white bread. She was just eating two pieces of white bread next to each other. I thought there was a piece of cheese there, but... I didn't see any cheese. I thought it was just white bread. Maybe I'm wrong. I think there was cheese and something underneath the cheese. I could be wrong, but, like, maybe... Let me me keep the idea that she was just eating a white bread sandwich, just two pieces of white bread. Yeah, well, she couldn't put any, like, mayo on there. Mayo's too spicy for white people. (laughs) 
That's a meme, and you're laughing, and it makes me happy. It hurts me, actually. So, after she freaks out about the worm on her sandwich, everybody proceeds to laugh at her. Literally, everyone. All these people that weren't paying attention, they just hear her scream and decide it's time to laugh. It's really funny to me, but I don't think... Like, this is a large group of people. Like, this is 40, 50 people sitting around. Yeah. I don't think, outside of, like, a comedy show or, like, a movie or something, I've ever seen 40 or 50 people be like, ha-ha, that person, ha-ha, laugh at them. Because some people are like, oh, no, that poor person. Like, right? It's like, and none of the, like, there's, there's no way all of these people know the context of why she screamed. Yeah, no, 100%. Sabrina's literally the only person there not laughing at her. Yeah. So Carly gets upset, stands up, and runs away. Yeah. In tears. Her, it seems like that's her pattern. Oh no, upset, run away. Yeah. So she gets home, she runs upstairs crying, and while crying, she destroys her duck costume. You forgot the part where she flops on her bed aggressively. And then picks up a magazine, looks at it for a second, sets it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All, all I like to point out is, so apparently her mother can make things, but she can't make them well. Because she destroys it. It could have just had, like, a major seam along the back, and that's what she ripped. No, because she started at the arm. Okay, yeah. Which, the seam on the arm should be one of your stronger seams, and she just, like, rips that right off. Yep. So, e. And after that, she runs over to her desk and grabs down this little wicker basket thing. And pulls out some money. Counts out $30, and she's like, that should be enough. And she heads to the novelty shop. Yes. So once she goes inside, she's just looking around like, wow, neat. Cool. Masks. Yeah. She, she She's obviously happy with the mask collection. The farthest extent we go to prove that this is more than just a mask shop, and it's actually a novelty store, is there's a rack with sunglasses on it. That's, that's the only thing that's not masks. Sunglasses are masks. I mean, they're eye masks. But she eventually runs into the creepy man from earlier, who we find out is the storekeeper. I mean, which was kind of obvious yeah. earlier, but... Well, she runs into him as a questionable terminology. She's looking at a mask. He turns around and yells, what are you doing here? And she gets scared, of course. Yeah, I mean... Basically, anytime she interacts with someone that isn't Sabrina or her mother, we see her get scared. Yeah. I mean, the first... We only seen her interact with her mother once, and she also got scared there. But to be fair, oh, yeah, her she mother did. made a very creepy bust of her face. Yeah, that's understandably scary. Mm-hmm. And so... Man was like, what are you doing here? I'm closed. And she's like, but I need a mask. So he goes to tell her no. Phone goes off. He's like, five minutes. Everything on the wall is for sale. Yep. And she browses the wall. And then she, like any responsible teenager, is like, hey, look, this door's open. I'm going to go here in the back room. Yeah. All while that's going on throughout her extensive browsing that doesn't matter. The man is on the phone call with a man named Lubkov. And having a very intriguing conversation. I really actually want to know what what his entire conversation is about. I want to know what Ludkov was saying because, yeah, like the guy's th- talking about how Ludkov needs to wire Paraguay because obviously they'll know. And he said he says something like, "Not that it hasn't been enough time, but that it has to be an exact certain amount of time." Yeah, yeah. So, we need those chemicals. I can't live without it. Something about like Lud, uh, not he does. He says something like Ludkov. It's all falling apart, or it's falling apart or something. Yeah. And then Ludkov says something, and he's like, no, not one. I need two. two. Order, Order two. two. And then he's, Ludkov's trying to tell him something, and he just keeps cutting you off. I don't care about the customers. Yeah, he says that multiple times. Yeah. 
And while he's doing this, Carly notices the door to the back room open and goes into the back room, which is vaguely mad scientist-y. There's beakers. Blue bubbling liquid. Yeah. Brother-mile flasks. Yeah. And, like, there's a set of six masks sitting on stands in the is back. Is it six or seven? Six. Okay. Sitting on the back wall. And just as she's about to grab one of them, it's, the shopkeeper comes in and yells at her. It's greenish and has really sharpie teeth. Yeah, it kind of looks... Actually, the way I described it when we were watching it, if you've seen up to, like, season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer... It looks like the Master. Yeah, it looks like the Master. With less skills. Yeah. But she goes to grab that mask, and the storekeeper interrupts her, and... He yells no. Yeah. And she's like, but I need a mask, and these are scary. And he's like, yes, but they are too scary. Yeah. When he says no, though, she turns around, and as she turns around, she doesn't see it, but we see mask conversation first, eyes open, and the other five masks turn to look at her. Oh, I didn't notice with that. With their eyes open. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And... He says, I said no, so it's kind of, at that point, you can question whether or not he's talking to the masks or her, mm-hmm. and then he kicks the door closed. Yeah, and then locks it on her, yep. like, and she's like, but I need a terrifying mask because I need to get revenge on these bullies that have been bugging, that have been torturing me for all these years. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, revenge? Yeah, I could maybe help with that. And he's like, no, 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 your face is much too pretty as it is. There's a gorilla mask up front made from real gorilla hair. You can have it for free. Those aren't his exact words, but he does say the gorilla mask is made of gorilla hair. And that she can have it for free. Yeah. And she's like, but I have $30, and I want one of these masks. And he's like... No. He thinks about it for a second, and he's like, no. And he goes to kick her out, and she's like... Duck and weave under arm, grab mask, duck and weave back under arm, run out door. No, no, no. Throw cash. On the way back, on the way out the door, she, like, takes the $30 and just throws it at him. Yeah. She's like, here's the money. Runs out the door. This is still theft. If, oh, yeah. In no, case anybody's wondering, if somebody tells you, hey... That's this, not for sale. Yeah, hey, this isn't for sale, and then you go... I gave you money. It's mine. Like, if I walk into your house and I go, hey, you t- you have a nice TV. I'm going to take this. Here's $400. And you're like, that cost me 1000 What are you doing? I'm like, not even, it doesn't even matter the cost. You could offer 2000 Yeah, Here's $2,000. I'm taking your TV, and you'd be like, but I said no. Yeah. It's my TV. Obviously, it's still theft. So she gets outside, and she looks at the mask, she's like, what am I doing? So she turns around looking at the store, and he's just closing the door, locking it, and putting up a close sign. He's like, nah, fuck you. Yeah. You saw the mask, you can deal with it. Like, as she runs out, he yells in, like, anguish. Yeah. But he really doesn't seem to care too much. So she heads home, and decides to put on the mask. And while she has the mask on the first time, while she's kind of testing it out, it gets a little stuck. Yeah. And she freaks out a little bit. Well, we know it gets stuck, because when she first puts it on, she looks in the mirror. Mm-hmm. She's talking about how she's going to scare Chuck and Steve. And then her little brother comes up and she scares him. Oh, yeah. And yep. he's freaking out, begging her to take the mask off. And at that point, it's also so questionable whether or not she's just fucking with her little brother. Because mm-hmm. she's saying, I can't get it off. I can't get it off. And then she pulls it off. Yeah. And then her brother's like, how did you change your voice? That was the scariest part. And the weird part is, it's still obviously her voice, right? Like, it's not like she's... It's just... More high-pitched and scratchy. Yeah, it's not like she's doing anything insane. It's not like she's a top-tier voice actress or something. No, it's not like her voice dropped three octaves and she sounded like James Earl Jones. Or they're overdubbing her or something. It's just her. Yeah. But she puts the mask back on because she has to leave to go to her friend Sabrina's. But when you mentioned the voice thing, 
she says she doesn't know, and she's just like okay with it. She's like, I don't know, but I like it. Yeah. So she puts the mask back on, heads downstairs, and then she has an idea. Yeah. Uh, here is actually one thing I did note because overall, I don't think it's too noticeable. The show, it's music. The opening theme is wonderful. It's overall scoring music is all right, but here mm-hmm. they actually have this really fun like Latin choir build up. Okay. As she's uh, going to put the mask back yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a nice bit. It was the only point with the music like felt like it was really helped shape the show though. Mm-hmm. Something I noted. So here before she leaves, she kind of has a conversation with her mother, but is dodging her mom because she, she's not wearing the duck costume. She then grabs that plaster mold that her mom made of her and a broom. So she then grabs that plaster mold her mom made of her and a broomstick, just the stick, and like a red scarf or something. Yeah, and she puts the sculpture on the stick and the red cloth underneath it, so it looks like blood. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, this is my head on a pike, I'm now a demon lady. Yeah, don't get me wrong, it's kind of inventive for like off the top of the head thing. It doesn't look super realistic, but it's a good attempt and kind of neat. So Carly meets up with her friend Sabrina. And Sabrina's impressed by the mask and impressed by the sculpture. Yeah. The entire way to Sabrina's house, though, she's, like, scaring people for no fucking reason, just kind of yeah. being a general nuisance. Yep. And specifically, Sabrina's like, man, that sculpture looks so real. Audience, passengers, I want to let you know that that sculpture does not look real in the slightest. No, it doesn't. It looks like just a mannequin head. Yeah. Like one of the detailed mannequin heads, but a mannequin head. So then Sabrina touches the mask as they're walking, and she's like, it feels so real. It, it feels like a real skin. It's kind of warm, though. It's creepy. Is it made of real skin? And Carly's like, maybe. So Sabrina's freaking out and tells her to take it off. And then Carly starts freaking out and yelling, shut up, shut up, shut up. And she drops her head on a stick onto the pavement. And grabs her friend and starts shaking her. Yes. Um, the, the shaking is questionable at the end of this episode because it's hard to tell. We just get a close-up of Carly in the mask, and she's just, like, shaking her own head back and forth. And moving, her, and moving her arms, yeah. It looks act. like she might be having a seizure inside the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the end of the first episode. Yes. What's your takes on this first episode? Uh, well, of course, I definitely love the opening theme. It's absolutely wonderful. I did like that one highlight with the music. Other than that, the music doesn't really do anything, though. The acting isn't great, obviously. It's just children actors, basically. It's not the worst children actress I've seen. And again, they haven't had to do a lot of emoting, other than Carly Beth, which her emotion has been to scream and to cry. Yeah. So, I don't really know. Sabrina comes across as kind of unfeeling, but I don't know. And then Chuck and Steve are just dicks, which isn't. it's not hard to act like a dick. I do it all the time. Wait, wait, I'm not an actor. I am a dick. <laughs> Other than that, so far it's a, it's not a bad show. And it's a pretty good horror show targeting children. Like, it's not overly scary. It's not too weird. It has, like, enough, I think, suspense to keep a young child kind of intrigued and some funny moments. But it's not something I would be watching. Then again, I'm in my 20s. I don't think I'm the target audience of the show. Yeah, that's fair. For me... Like you said, the acting's not the best, but mostly it's children actors, so a little bit, of, a little bit of leeway there. The real thing for me is the show was filmed in Canada, and obviously they hired they hired local actors for this for the most part. And I have nothing against Canadian accents in general, 
there's one thing Canadians say, and some Brits say it this way too, and it just kills me every time. Like, it physically hurts me to hear it. Sorry. Sorry. What's the matter with that? I don't know. It hurts. Instead of sorry, it's sorry. sorry. What's wrong with sorry? I think it's because like the rest of the accent, especially for a lot of Canadians, a lot of their accent doesn't, like... Change the vowel function that much? Yeah, they, they still sound mostly American in quotation marks. Their accent's similar. Yeah. But sorry is just so different, and, like, it jars me from the show, especially in a show where they, there's nothing about the show that that makes me think it's set in Canada or anything. Yeah. So, the sorry coming out of nowhere just... Does it your loop every time? Yeah. Other than that, though, the show... It's a little campy, and um, that's probably mostly from it being made in the mid-90s. It's made in the mid-90s, and it's also targeted to children. Of course, it's going to be campy. But I actually like that this is a horror show where the stakes are super low, right? Like, yeah. So far, the stakes of this episode have been... It was hard to get that mask off one time, and also there's some bullies. Yeah, like, as far as a horror show goes, these are some pretty low-bar stakes, and I'm, I'm here for it. Like, Yeah. And, honestly, I think we can all admit sometimes a little bit of campiness is fun, and it's enjoyable. And I think sometimes we can all admit that the fact that the evil horror isn't murdering everybody, or, like, bent on destroying the world, or similarly, that's also nice. When the horror is just, oh no, this mask might be stuck on my face forever, that's some, that's, yeah, that's reasonably horrifying without being... Oh no, the world's going to end. Especially when you take into account that, that mouth on that mask does not open. You're going to starve to death. <laughs> yeah, so that brings us to the end of episode one. And I'll watch episode two, Haunted Mask, part two. It's twice now. <laughs> episode titles are mine. You're on thin ice. So, the start of this episode is a recap, but the recap's only like... The pat like the last five minutes or so of the other episode. Yeah, it's Carly stealing the mask and then Carly getting up fight with Sabrina. That's the entire recap. Yeah. So we cut back into the actual beginning of this episode with Sabrina Continu- yelling at Carly to stop. Continuing to have a seizure. No, no, no. no. Carly's the one having a seizure. Yeah, Carly my bad. Death. Sabrina's yelling at her to stop because that's how you stop seizures, guys. You yell at someone to stop. And, yeah, and then Carly's like Carly Beth's like. I was just acting. I wasn't going to actually hurt you. And basically, Carly, Carly, Carly Beth's entire argument here is, it was all a joke, brah. I was just messing around, dude. It was a prank, brah. Why you got to be so serious? So Sabrina, so serious? So Sabrina's kind of like, mm, nah, you a little sus. Just warn me before you freak out next time. I throw you out the airlock next. The two kind of move on, and they, they go to start Carly trick-treating. Carly picks up her... Sculpture that her mother earlier told her was fragile, and it's perfectly fine, despite being dropped from head height to the ground. Yeah. On the end of a stick, which means there's nothing filling the hollow void inside. Much like how there's nothing filling the hollow void inside of me. Yeah, so um, they continue onward to trick-or-treating. They go to their first house together, and the mother at the house opens the door for the trick-or-treaters, and Carly scares a young child. Yeah, so the mother has her two children with them. Which, I mean, that's just kind of rude. Like, you're stopping your children from trick-or-treating? Did they just not want to? Because the kid seems in... The, the boy seems into it. Yeah. The daughter seems a bit scared. Understandable. Mm-hmm. So the mother comments, like, oh, that's a scary outfit. And the little girl's like, it's too scary. I make her go away. 
Yeah. And Carly intentionally scares the child. And then, like, the mom's like, hey, she's, she's just, just a, a little, little girl. girl. And Carly's like, yeah, but I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> she doesn't straight out say I'm going to kill you, but she's like, she, he, she absolutely threatens her. And it's definitely like, I'm going to fucking murder you. Look at my crazy ass. And then she steals candy from the candy bowl. Yeah, and she darts off. And the mother tells Sabrina, I'm going to call the cops on your friend. And Sabrina's like, she's not normally this way, and grabs her candy and leaves. Yeah. Ooh. And as Carly Beth's running off, she's just still scaring random people, because she's been doing that every time she's on the street. And oh, then, look, people get near me. Let's scare them. Yeah, then Sabrina catches up, and she's like, why would you do that? She's going to call the cops. And Carly's like, it wasn't me, it's the mask. And Sabrina's like... The mask made me do it. Yeah, and Sabrina's like, what? And Carly's like... You wouldn't understand. And then Sabrina's like, we should just go back to my house. And I don't Car- want to. And Carly's like, nah, thanks. I'm gonna run off by myself. Bye now. Yeah. So then we cut to Chuck and Steve, who are both dressed as pirates. And they're outside a cemetery, kind of like looking at the amount of candy they got. No, no, no. Not outside the cemetery, they're not. Not thinking about their fake sword fighting. Oh, yeah, that's fair. And then they're talking about how much candy they got. And then they go outside the cemetery, and we're done with them. Yeah. And they go inside the cemetery because, quote-unquote, because it's Halloween. Yep. So we cut back, and it's just Carly Beth running around, fucking up decorations and scaring kids. Legitimately just being a menace. Yes. And then we cut back to Chuck and Steve. Yep. They're in the graveyard, and now they're sorting their candy. On top of tombstones. Ooh, spooky. And there's dead people there. Chuck is kind of ignoring Steve. Yeah, Steve is just going on and on about candy and stuff and how it's creepy to be in a graveyard. And then Chuck's like, wait, what's that? I hear something. And Steve kind of starts looking around, and Chuck pulls a... A really, really bad skull mask on. Yeah, and when Steve turns back around, jump scares Steve. So... Steve's upset. Yeah. However, while they're in the graveyard, Carly finds them and decides... she hears Steve scream. And decides it's time for her to scare them. And starts sneaking up on them. Yeah. So they're back to sporting candy, and then Chuck's like, I hear something. She's like... No, no, you don't. Steve's like, nah, dude, I'm not falling for this twice in, like, ten minutes. And then immediately buys into it when Chuck goes, I'm serious. In the same tone of voice, he didn't actually drop his voice and go, I'm serious. He's like, the first time, I hear something. I'm not going to fall for that again. No, I'm serious. I hear something. To be fair, this trick has definitely worked for me and Among Us. (laughs) You just repeat the same thing until someone Uh, believes you? I don't know. You're kind of sus. No, I'm serious this time, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why that works, but it does. Oh, God. In case you guys don't know what Among Us is, check it out. It's free to play on your phone. Yeah. So, well, you just kind of see them, like, looking around kind of scared, and then, boom, Carly, Beth, and her mask shows up. Yep, and they're kind of freaked out, but they really quickly catch on that it's Carly. Well, they just quickly catch on that it's someone. Yeah. Because they ask, do we know you? Yeah, and then they catch on that it's Carly. They don't ever really seem to catch on that it's Carly. No, they specifically ask Carly, Beth, and she's like, she doesn't deny that. She says, this is my head, talking about... Th- yeah, no. I thought, she, they were, I thought they were referring to the head, because it was leaning in the shadows, and then she leaned it forward. No. Um, no, she specifically kind of confirms that it is Carly Beth, but, like, she talks about herself okay, in a third I, I, person. I don't know, man. It's weird. Yeah. It's not well done. This is probably the worst done scene. Yeah. So, th- then... No, no, because, like, yeah, they, they know it's Carly, because then she's like... Forces them to apologize to Carly, but only to the plaster head of Carly, not to her. Yeah. And they are they look legitimately scared and upset, which is why I wasn't entirely sure that they knew it was Carly. Yeah, they want to know how she's changing her voice 
And then she just continues to demand that they apologize to the, yeah. he- the head on the pike. And, and then they say that the only reason why they harassed her is because they liked her. Terrible excuse. Also, why would they both be harassing her? Like, They both like her. No, I get that, but like, typically, like, no, not... Don't worry about it. Okay. It's bad. It's a horrible reason. Yeah. Um, so they finally do apologize to the plaster head, and when they do, the plaster head goes, Help me. Please, help me. You're my only hope. Chuck and Steve. It doesn't say that. I was Star Wars. And then they uh, set off an entire adventure across the galaxy, riding up people and taking this information to need to know individuals, all to fight the evil Carly Beth and her forces. Ah, uh, Star Wars. Um. So after the ma- the pike on the head on the pike speaks, they freak out and run off appropriately. Appropriately, yeah. like. Yeah. And Carly Beth freaks out and drops said head on a pike. Yeah, she's kind of surprised, too, and, like, she drops it, and then she starts digging a hole to bury the... No, no, the moment they're off, it's great. She starts jumping up and down, clapping her hands, making the weird grunting sounds she's made the entire time, and screeches and howls. Mm, yeah, she and literally then... throws her head back and howls. Yes, and then she grabs the head to go bury it. Mm-hmm, and as she buries it, she says, goodbye, scaredy cat, and then continues to do the hooting and howling. The, the creepy laughs and noises... And cartwheels the fuck away. It's so good. She literally cartwheels the fuck away. Cartwheels out of frame. Yep. Which is amazing. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Carly then runs back into Sabrina. And Sabrina's like, what'd you do with the... Where, where have you been? I got lost. Why are your hands dirty? I fell in mud. What'd you do with the sculpture? I got rid of it. But Curly seems mostly back to normal here. And Sabrina gets Carly to agree to come back to her house with her. Which is literally the house they are standing in front of while they have this conversation. Yeah, they just turn and walk into a house. <laughs> Ooh, it's so good. Fun fact, uh, the houses next to it are different houses than the one that walked out to go trick-or-treating. And they started in Sabrina's house. Yep. <laughs> Once they're in the house, Carly can't seem to get the mask off of her head. Um, they two begin to try working to get the mask off together, but they can't. And Sabrina says, it's going to be really dumb if we have to get the fire, if we have to call the fire department to cut it off. Yeah, and then Carly kind of starts panicking and like grabs the knife to try to cut it off herself before Sabrina stops her. But then Sabrina's kind of looking at the mask and notices that we're like, the neck fold should be that you would like tuck under your shirt or the upper part of your costume. There's no like neck folds. Like it just goes melted from... Melted into skin. Yeah, melted right into her skin. So Carly runs to check the mirror, sees it for herself, and then notices the eyes on the mask aren't her eyes. And she freaks out and runs off again. Yep. When she's outside of um, Sabrina's house, a girl dressed as a witch looks at her and goes, What are you supposed to be? And then she has an identity crisis. Supposed to be me, but I'm not. I'm supposed Supposed to be be me, me, but but I'm I'm not. not. And then she runs off again, because Carly is nothing if not good at running off. She is consistent. You know... Yeah, her character is consistent. Something bad happens, run off. Something bad happens, run off. I don't know if it's a actual good life strategy, but... It's a consistent life strategy. Yeah. So she runs off, and she goes to the store. Yeah, the store where she got the mask from. And our creepy man number one, only creepy man, opens the door and says he's been expecting her. And then she begs him to help her get the mask off. He's like, I can't help you take the mask off because it's not a mask. It's a real face. 
She's wearing a real face, guys. So they were right. It was made of skin. Yeah. So the following, like, five minutes or so totally makes almost zero sense. Yeah. Apparently the faces are quote-unquote unlovable. They weren't always scary. They used to be beautiful. Yep. And because she loved this mask, she now can't take it off. Yeah. Because the masks just want to be loved. He calls them the unloved. And he says that no matter what he's tried to stop it, they just become ugly. And Carly's just like, I don't understand your fucking weird bullshit, man. I'm freaking out. Take this fucking mask off. And he's like, yes, even the one I'm wearing right now is turning ugly. That's what this splotch on my skin is. Yeah. And then he says there might be one chance to take the mask off, but it requires a symbol of love to take it off. Yeah. I think he also mentions here that... He made these masks because, much like Carly at the beginning of the series... Yeah, beginning oh, she asks who he is, and he says he made the faces, and then... Yeah. He's like, I made these faces because I didn't love myself, like how you didn't love yourself. And these masks keep growing these flaws because they, they these masks keep becoming ugly because they're showing my flaws coming to the surface. What's inside? And he's like, I should take this mask off and show you what I really am. Maybe and, then you'll learn. She screams. She screams. Continues to blubber. Yeah, eventually she kind of just runs out of the store because, hey, yeah, well, no. Because of an actual reason this time. Yes, sorry. She doesn't just run out for once. They're talking, and once he mentions that she freaks out after he talks about how his current face will soon join the others. And yeah, she yells. And, and when he, he goes, don't, he'll wake them up. And then the masks, all their eyes open, and they start floating towards her. They float up off the pedestals, move in like a weird spiral motion towards her. Leaving after images behind them. Yeah, they're not moving that fast, though. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, no, no, no. And they're, at, they're telling her to join them. So she fucking runs away when he... She doesn't run away initially. She just stares at them and he goes, run. Run! Yep. And he, whatever he was going to do to slow them down... Does nothing. Because we see her get stopped at the front door because it's locked. And I don't know what they're doing because it just has a chain on it and a deadbolt. Yeah, yeah. And then the normal doorknob, which he didn't lock. So she's standing there for like a minute, undoes the chain, and you see her hand move repeatedly, and you hear the tumbler on the deadbolt click multiple times, meaning that the actress would just be standing there. Open, close, open, close, open, close, open, close. Oh yeah. shit, they're here, it's probably actually now. As they're chasing her, they're calling out to her, asking her to save them, to join them. Love us. To love them. Yep, she runs off, heads back to the graveyard, and starts digging around in the ground. Looking for that plaster bust she buried. Yeah, all the while they're following her, repeating all the same stuff. And as she reveals the Carly Beth head in the ground and pulls it out, she kind of screams, This is Carly Beth. I am Carly Beth. And the spirit mask face things just yes. were like, Okay, cool. Bye. Peace, bruh. And then she's able to take the mask off. Mm-hmm. And she's happy. Yep. She runs home. Pretty happy well, to have the mask. She feels the need to spend a minute reiterating on the symbol of love. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is the symbol, symbol of love, love he meant. And then she runs off. Yep. Home. Because she's happy to have a mask off, Justice. She's happy to no longer be this thing. Yeah. And she gets home, and her brother proceeds to scare her. He's like, that mask, it's terrifying. Take, take it, it off. off. Take Please it off. Please take it off. And she panics and looks in the mirror, and she's not wearing a mask. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. We missed one earlier. Where did we miss the one? She does this three times. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Hmm. 
He's such a like irrelevant character. His name's Noah, though. I think when we get that very the fucking no, show. No, we get it earlier. Oh, do we? Yeah, when he, we get it when he's first introduced. He, she yells his oh. name when he jumps out of okay. her room. I thought she was just yelling no. <laughs> so, she like kind of talks to her mom, and her mom's like, where were you? You were supposed to be with Sabrina. You weren't with Sabrina. Sabrina called here twice. Why didn't you wear your duck costume? da 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 And she's just like, I love you, and gives her mom a hug. Yep, and we kind of see her brother go back into the foyer where she loves the mask. And she's like, don't put on the mask. I won't. Proceeds to come back into frame with the mask on. Yeah. And that's the end I, of the no, episode. I think this is where he says gotcha the third time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah she yeah. Like, doesn't scream, but she jumps a bit. Yeah. So the episode cuts back to Arlstein. That was the end of the actual episode. And he's like, well, hope you like it. Hope, hope you like it. too scary. Let's check with my parents who are, I don't know if they're like, Sculpture is dolls, mannequins yeah. or something, but like they're just two people who have looks of horror plastered on their face and their hair is like standing up in all directions like they were just shocked and by electricity. White. Completely white, yeah. And he, he then goes, Hope you have a scary day. Yep. And that's the end. The credits roll. With that amazing music. Yep. The same as the intro music. Yeah. So, what do you think? Final thoughts on Goosebumps? So. Obviously, the show's more of an anthology than a continuous plot. Yeah. Um, and that said, these two episodes would really suffer on their own. Like, if you watched either of them separately... Yeah, obviously. This one, this one episode is all set up, and this other episode is all payoff. And <laughs> neither episode is very good without the context of the other one. Yeah. Uh, continue. Future episodes, however, all follow different characters again because it's an anthology series based off the Arlstein books... The Goosebumps series. The show overall has a distinct 90s feel to it, which, again, makes sense. But that 90s feel resonates with me in a very deep way because that's what I grew up in the 90s. I mean, I was born in 94, but because my sister is so much older, it was kind of like I was born in like the late 80s and experienced the 90s through a lot of her stuff oh, as yeah, well. I mean, I was born in 97, and I fucking remember Shadow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I grew up knowing a lot of Shadow Now, which is... a uh fun when I remember it around people my age I'm like oh god I'm old and then my mind goes fuck off no you're not so the show like has, brings back a lot of nostalgia and for me it brings back like memories because I used to I literally only watched this show when I was at our, our grandmother's cause she loved horror stuff um yeah and like that was the only place like, I was able to watch the show because our mother was like weird about some things and then suddenly not yeah very um, inconsistent on that Overall, the show is honestly probably not worth watching. Like, I hate to say it because I, I do have good memories of Goosebumps, but it's probably not worth watching unless you have this similar a similar nostalgic connection to this stuff. Um, or you just like the Goosebumps books. If you like the books and you're like, I wonder what that looks like on screen. Yeah. It might be worth checking out. I know I'm not going to watch this whole series, but I do know I'm going to go find Say Cheese and Die and fucking watch that episode because <laughs> Say Cheese and Die is such a good book. We have a copy of that book somewhere in this apartment. Somewhere, yeah. Um, but yeah, so unless you're like filling for 90s nostalgia or were a super fan of Goosebumps, probably not really worth watching. Yeah. So uh, in my opinion, uh, yeah, I agree. The show overall isn't the greatest. I honestly think the largest detractor from the show is the fact that because of the books and the content they're from, all of our main characters almost always, and every important character, is almost always a child. Yeah. And for a show that's not super, super well-funded, you're not going to have really, really good child actors. 
Also, it's in Canada, so sorry. That's a you thing. That doesn't bother me. <laughs> so I think that's its largest attractor. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the show. I don't enjoy it as much now, obviously. I'm in my 20s now. It's not going to be a thing for me, obviously. I think, like he was saying, if you have a really good nostalgia for it, it could be worth watching some episodes. I also think if you have any young kids who are into like more campier things or they're like going out of that age where campy is something that they don't even like recognize that it's campy it's just fun and they like kind of horrorish things like i know i loved that stuff as a kid i loved horror i think this is a kind of a good thing that they might actually enjoy because it's not overtly scary it's not extremely scary it has like the stakes are minor it can still be kind of scary, but it's not... I mean, the stakes... I don't think it's going to be something that gives most kids nightmares. The stakes uh, are minor for some episodes. Yeah. Say Cheese and Die literally has multiple characters oh, yeah, yeah. dying. Like, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to give a lot of people nightmares. Uh, that might just be me. I had horrible family members who did things to like legitimately scar me for life and instill phobias. How's, so, that, how's that clown phobia coming? I'm over it. I'm good now. Only took 17 years of my life. He, like most children that were exposed to the movie It at a young age, had came to fear Pennywise and all clowns. That, and I had family members that found a small doll that looked exactly like Pennywise and used that to st- terrify me by placing it all over. I don't remember this, but... That was a thing. Okay. Ask her sister. She remembers. It was like Elf on a Shelf, but the horrors were there. <laughs> I suppressed a lot of memories from my childhood. But, yeah, um, I... I kind of agree with you, and I'm, I was initially writing something similar to that in my final thoughts, but I think there's a big issue with suggesting this to children of the t- of today. Because it's from 25 years ago? Yeah, the dissonance yeah, is... that is the biggest problem I can the see. The dissonance is very large. Like, I don't want to... Like, say cheese and die doesn't make sense in a world where we have smartphones. It makes a lot yeah. less sense in a world where we have That's smartphones. True. That is the biggest issue that I can see. I don't know if it's going to be much of a problem for an extremely young individual like yeah. maybe five or six yeah but when i was four seven. and five i was getting nightmares again i think mostly from the music though yeah like i said honestly if you're a parent you that that is your job like are your kids easily scared of something maybe if you are interested in having your kid watch this or your kid is interested in watching it start with an episode that you as a parent have watched first so you can vet things i will specifically say the movie the shows weren't really what scared me i there are, I can pinpoint numerous songs that gave me nightmares versus more media. Like, one, two, well, no, for, like, for you. Uh, there's an Alice Cooper track that used to give me nightmares. <laughs> you um, used to be terrified of Pink Floyd's The Wall. Not, no, it's a Pink Floyd song, not a, not a Cooper song. Um, it's the one where they're in an asylum. Crazy, maybe? I don't know if that's the name of the track. That, that song used to give me nightmares. The opening theme for this, X Files never gave me nightmares, but that opening theme like legit scared me as a kid. So like, I was more scared of music than I was like the show. So yeah, so I think it's something that could work. Know your kids. That's yeah. what he's saying. And the reason why I think it's easier for a younger audience than like the people like I would say probably nowadays eight to like ten is because I. I don't think a lot of people under the age of eight, and I feel like 
eight is too young in my opinion, but I don't think a lot of people under the age of eight have like smartphones. They might have iPads and stuff, but I don't know. I honestly don't. And there's yeah. this fun thing where that I that I've seen like in children's stuff where a lot of children's shows and programs don't embrace like the idea of our current technology a lot. So I feel like it's easier to bleed into something that doesn't have current technology. Okay, that's fair, yeah. So I don't think there's too much dissonance there. That's kind of our take. Our take being if you have nostalgia for it, or maybe you have children who are younger and like horror, so like seven and under maybe, seven, five to seven, eight to seven, eight to five. Yeah. A very small window that I'm seeing might work. Or if you just like the Goosebump books and want to go back. Yeah. So I think that's our take on this. Campy, but kind of fun. This has been Copilot's Review. If you want to get in contact with us. You can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. You can tweet us at Copilot's Review. And you can find us at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Thank you for flying with us. Please fly again.